0: The hottest babes on the beach just got hotter. Next time you try and smuggle China White through our territory, you
1: get that bomb up your ass.
0: They're making a splash as the toughest federal agents this side of Waikiki.
1: Here's my badge.
2: There's
0: my warrant. Here's and blowing the lid on an international conspiracy worth its weight in gold. Use caution. Act in utmost secrecy. It's a hunt for hidden treasure on an island frozen in time. Japanese sure picked one hell of a savage beach to crash their boat on. A tropical paradise where fortune is the forbidden fruit that drives men wild. Talk about your golden oldies. A race for riches, pitting a gang of mercenaries against two of the feistiest femmes in the jungle. Let's tie him up. Tie this up. It takes a tender touch to tame the Savage Beach. Even Mother Teresa has her dark side. Savage Beach. Now available on videocassette.
3: Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website, themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at themaindami. We are also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to The They Call This Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen.
1: Hey guys, how's it going? Now, this was an 80s movie. Oh, (laughs) hell
3: yeah. (laughs) That it was. But before we get into our 80s movie of the week, gentlemen, what have you been watching? I went on a little
2: bit of a Russell Crowe kick. I saw someone posted that Master and Commander was a boring movie, and then Russell Crowe kind of schooled that person, like how it's actually beautifully shot and all that. And I realized I'd never seen it, so I figured, you know what, I'll give it a watch. Why not? And I enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty well-shot movie. Cinematography was beautiful. And I don't know how it's boring, because in the first 10 minutes, there's a naval battle, and people just getting blown to shit. And uh, there's a big naval battle at the end. But I really thought that was a well-done movie. And then I watched Nice Guys, also starring Russell Crowe. And I forgot how good that movie was. I kind of hope they do a sequel to that, but I'm not sure if that's in the cards. And then I watched... King of Staten Island with uh, Pete Davidson. And it was a good movie. Nothing really much to say about that, but
1: it was it was as good as I thought it would be, I would say. Sure. Yeah, so Dan, between the two naval battles and Master and Commander, was it boring or fun? <laughs> no,
2: no it, I wouldn't say it was boring, but I would see where someone could say, okay, well, what's going on here? Because it's a cat and mouse game, essentially, during the Napoleonic Wars, and... There's a lot of, like, this is kind of, I guess, what went down on a, a ship in the 1800s, you know? So I guess it's boring, but I thought it was a lot of fun just seeing how they tried to outsmart the other ship, who, which was bigger and faster, and all the nautical terms that were used. And, you know, uh, again, Paul Bettney's in it, Russell Crowe is in it. So it, there were some good actors, and Russell Crowe was kind of, com- he was coming. Off Gladiator at this point. It was well done. I don't think it was super boring. I I could see where there were some lulls, but for people who like cinema, they would enjoy this. <laughs> not for Marvel fanboys, then. No, no, this is not a, a fluff piece roller coaster kind of thing. This is hashtag
1: cinema. We'll let Martin Scorsese know. <laughs> yes, put, get him on the horn. <laughs> Mark, what about you? So I'm glad Dan didn't mention it because the one thing that I watched this week was WandaVision. I actually watched episode two with Dan, and then watched episode one when I got home. The fun part about it, I think, like we were talking off podcast, it wasn't like top notch Marvel stuff. But the two things that hit me was I used to watch a lot of the sitcoms that are at least these first two episodes when my my mom used to be obsessed with Nick at Night, so. Seeing all the little nods to Bewitched and Dick Van Dyke and stuff like that from things was kind of like, oh, yeah, awesome. And also it was fun to see how much of a good time Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen were having, especially in that second episode when they're doing the magic show. It just seemed like they were having a ton of fun with it, which bled through the screen. I'm interested to see where it goes as they move on down the line. I've heard some theories that is it one episode per decade or are they going to start doubling up? How are they going to finish all that? Because there's a lot to choose from once they get to the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of famous, iconic sitcoms that could be pretty fun. So far, I am in. I'll probably watch the rest of them as they come out. Um, so I will actually have something to talk about each week. And I'm glad to see the mom from that 70s show and uh, somebody from that you guys wouldn't know, Emma Caulfield playing Dottie showing up, who's from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So it was fun to see them pop up when I didn't realize they were in the show.
2: That was my favorite part of Friday night, by the way. <laughs> we're sitting there, we're watching Wandavision, and he, Mark, just looks at his phone and he's like, yeah, 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 that, that's who that is. Like, Mark, you and your deep dives, man, I'm impressed. <laughs> I enjoy that stuff though. Like, I love doing yeah. that. Like, oh, that person's from this movie or he's from this show. My favorite is the actors from The Wire showing up in other movies. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, oh, he's from The Wire. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well the I got a good part, one
3: for you for this movie. By yeah. the, the,
1: <laughs> the funny part about Emma Caulfield in this is I saw an article on it where someone went way deeper dive into references, in that her character in Buffy was afraid of bunnies, and that's why there was a bunny in this episode. And I was like, Okay, they're not they're not going that far, but it, it did make me
2: You can never be too sure with Marvel.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, for me,
3: I watched WandaVision. I watched king of staten island so we've knocked two all right off there (laughs) and then i just got finished watching this is 40 which was not on purpose because of uh, like the judd apatow connection because my wife wanted to watch this is 40 so we got it to watch it what a depressing movie (laughs) yeah it's not a fun watch especially as to as a married couple watching this and just being like well this is what our life is going to be and not that (laughs) long not not as long as we'd like to think I don't know about that. I think I think this was
2: that movie is really dramatized. Yeah. Right. And plus he, he like starts his own music company, right? Yeah. I won't he kind of puts himself out there.
3: I won't put myself out there like that. Right. right. We're safer. We're we're not <laughs> Paul Rudd. We're just like we're not looking to swing for the fences. We're looking for an easy double. Right. <laughs> right. We're gap hitters. <laughs> <laughs> Station the station. It 100% feels like we're watching couples counseling for Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to see Megan Fox show up, which was super weird because she like sits in the background for like the first two thirds of the movie and then all of a sudden is brought into the front. And this is like Megan Fox era. Oh, yeah.
2: What's his name's not in it, right? T.J. Miller's not in it?
3: T.J. Miller's not in it. Jason Siegel's in it jason siegel
2: okay and does he
3: reprise his wait, role J- of something i'm not sure his name is jason in this i can't remember if he like because he's playing he's playing like a her like yoga instructor that's right but he's also kind of creepy like he is in it knocked up and the cop from bridesmaids is in it right yes chris Dowd. yeah yes that's who it is okay that's who i thought was tj miller's character and I
2: think and Billy Joe Armstrong makes an appearance. Billy Joe,
3: he has a cameo, and then there's Lena Dunham is in there for very briefly. A couple of other people here and there. Melissa McCarthy, pre-Bridesmaids, shows mm-hmm. up. And then we watched a movie called Radium Girls, which was all about like the girls from the 1920s that would work in these radium factories and then all got very, very sick. And more or less died. I can uh, see that happening. Sure.
1: So, so some back-to-back uplifting material. You yeah, it add. wasn't very. It wasn't
3: very <laughs> interesting. Like the story's interesting, but like the whole story ends with them just settling out of court for, with American Radium, <laughs> oh. and it's like it doesn't make for a good movie. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like you have forty solid minutes of the trial. And then they're like, Well, we're gonna settle out of court because they're offering us like ten thousand dollars and that's that could save like our house, basically. Ugh. That's so gross. like <laughs> Yeah, so like in the real world it leads to like these radium factories being shut down and a whole a whole lot of like regulations and stuff happening. But in terms of a movie, it's like why'd we watch forty minutes of a trial? <laughs> right, for, for nothing. Yeah. yeah, no one wants to see something settle out of court in the theaters. <laughs> Usually, is not how it happens in terms of like court dr- courtroom dramas.
2: Right, that's something you'll see that on Law and Order sometimes. Yeah, where they'll settle, but very rarely
3: will they settle out of court. And but Stabler's yeah, always really pissed about it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is so unfulfilling in the yeah. movies. God, I I would be so disappointed. We, we watched real quick. We watched. My sister is up from Florida. So we watched three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. So have either of you gentlemen seen that? No, I saw it in no. theaters. Yeah. Mark, you haven't seen it? No. Do, uh, don't worry do about you... spoiling. Okay. Yeah. So spoiler alert, they don't find who the killer was.
1: It's only two billboards. <laughs> that's right.
2: it's a little misleading. Now they never find the killer and then the movie kind of just ends that way and you don't know who did it. So my sister was like, "Well, that's a that's That's boring. That's upsetting. Well, no, I mean, it's the way that it's done. Like, it's disappointing that you don't find the killer, but the way that it's done, it it leads you throughout the whole movie. Like, oh, man, this is there's so much drama involved. You don't really care about who did it. Mm -hmm. You're more invested in the characters. This is the complete opposite, it sounds like.
3: Yeah, that sort of kind of reminds me. What's his name's demise in No Country for Old Men? Where it just oh. happens off screen. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Was that, that
2: was so like... disappointing, too. <laughs> it's like, oh, Holly well, we well, just...
3: Joes didn't show up in
2: time, <laughs> so we didn't to get to see that. <laughs> I remember seeing I thought I missed something. Yeah. Like, well, wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm paying attention. <laughs> Speaking of paying attention, I started to watch Parasite. Oh, okay. And then I don't know what happened, but I fell asleep, so yeah. I don't get it, guys, all right? I don't see what the hoopla is for Parasite. <laughs> Maybe if I... Uh,
3: Watch the whole thing and
2: paid attention to it.
3: Yeah, Yeah. that's a movie that you're gonna have to sit there and watch, because just because the subtitles, if you're not if you're not reading the subtitles like 100%, if you're on your phone, you're gonna be like, eh, it was okay.
2: And you might still wind up
3: if you sit there and watch it, you might still wind up like that. I'm not gonna pretend that you know people don't do that, but
2: (laughs) yeah, I I I don't mind subtitles. I usually watch movies with closed captioning on. Right. Because I'm getting older and do uh, the same thing. Yeah, hearing's the first thing to go. Along with my hair and everything else. So <laughs> so I I don't mind that. But something, I guess I was just tired. I don't know what happened, but that movie just didn't grab me at the at that moment. Gotcha. Probably because I started watching it at like three in the morning. Oh, yeah, that wouldn't help. That yeah, that does. Wouldn't
3: help. <laughs> Context.
1: You sort of buried the lead there, Dan. Yeah, yeah.
2: a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that.
3: And that's all I watched, so we're going to get into this week's movie, but before we do, we're going to take an ad break and pay off some of those bills, so we will be right back. And welcome back, and now it's time to talk about this week's movie. This week it was my pick, and over the past couple of weeks we have done RoboCop, and we've done Johnny Mnemonic, and we've done Wonder Woman, so... Kind of heavy, the first two post-apocalyptic sci-fi movies that hit a little too close to home. And then Wonder Woman was a two and a half hour mess. So (laughs) I kind of needed to hit the restart button on what we're doing. Kind of needed to lighten the mood a little bit. So I've been suggested on Amazon Prime for however long, because all I wind up watching on Prime Video is shitty movies, whether or not they're for this show or not. That's all I wind up watching. So, I've been suggested a bunch of Andy Sedaris movies, and I felt like we needed to eventually tap into the Andy Sedaris filmography. And unfortunately, Hard Ticket to Hawaii is not available on Prime Video, but this week's movie, Savage Beach, was. So we watched Savage Beach this week. So, fellas, where are you coming from with Savage Beach?
2: Well, and there has to have been a better way to tell us you were just horny this week, because... (laughs) This, oh my God, this movie. It's
3: essentially Skinamax. That's my secret, Dan. I'm always (laughs) horny.
2: (laughs) I I could tell. I I mean, I'm watching this movie and I was like, I think think Ant has something wrong. Or like, something's up with Ant. Because this isn't like your normal, they call this a movie pick. Every now and then you'll have some boobs here and there. But This was this is this aggressive was central. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I messaged you guys. This should have been called innuendo beach because they, they they have the scene where one of the I guess Charlie's Angels wannabes is talking to a pilot or she's talking to Shane Abilene. Shane Abilene. <laughs> and they're talking about a gun, but they're clearly talking about his his dick. Yeah. <laughs> How does it handle? Like oh, it handles well. is it big? bigger than normal like, oh my god <laughs> just, uh, they might as well as just winked at the camera every time they said something about his gun yeah. it was yeah, like then, three minutes long <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: that was the most proud writing for that writer was oh, that yeah. entire scene that's why the entire dialogue stayed in i and mean writer andy second. sedaris yeah but
2: did he direct and write it right wrote and directed yeah wrote and directed yep
1: that sounds about right. Okay. That sounds why that was three minutes long and wasn't edited around. He's like, I, I really s- love this back and forth.
2: I could have sworn this movie was like an Italian movie. <laughs> yeah,
3: definitely. He's got Italian sensibilities.
2: Yeah, I would have bet my m- mortgage on this. That, this oh, this is like a Spaghetti Western kind of movie, you know? And I, like everything was going to be dubbed. Like, nope, this is, he was born in Chicago. <laughs> 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 so as far away from Italy as you can really get. Yeah, Mark, where are you
3: coming from with Savage um, Beach?
1: Yeah, I, I've i heard Andy Sederis in passing, but I haven't really seen any of his movies. I don't know if good's the word to finally, you know, <laughs> dive into one, but to actually understand what all these references were from other people that I've seen on Twitter or in other media about these movies. But just from looking at the promotional shot that comes up when you bring it up on Amazon Prime, and then the opening scene of a guy doing samurai stuff, in, what was it, Dusk or Dawn? I don't know which one it was, but I was like, all right, I'm in. This is going to be something wacky. And then it felt like a movie where Andy Sedaris decided to go, you know what? Every opportunity these two girls are on screen, we're going to make them take off their shirts. That's the
3: beauty of an Andy Sedaris movie.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's just like, it got comical after a while. It was just like, oh man, we've been in these wet clothes for four hours. Better take them off now that the camera has been on. And then that's all it is. And it cuts away. It made me laugh the entire time. It was much more funny than anything, you know, sexualized at Do all. So you want to
2: hear something that's funny? This guy is a, a primetime Emmy winner. <laughs> there you go. And he's like
1: Monday Night Football or something? The
2: Olympics. The Olympics. Oh, the Olympics.
1: <laughs> yeah, I knew it was a sports thing. Outstanding I, was, I was reading through the trivia. In sports yeah. programming. Yeah. I, you I know think what? CBS
3: had the Olympics in the 60s. This guy was making his money, and then he's like, you know what? I just want to go to Hawaii with a bunch of big-titted blonde chicks and make some movies. <laughs> <laughs> he's he living took, the dream. Yeah, he took that chance. <laughs> he's living the dream.
2: <laughs> Find out if anyone knows who this guy is. Like,. <laughs> do they have him in the hallowed halls of cbs somewhere or something god imagine all these years i've been working
3: there and i've just passed by his plaque yeah you worked in the andy sedaris building
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's all coming together if there was a word above gratuitous i think that would be the nudity in this movie
3: (laughs) (laughs) there's gratuitous and then there's this movie
1: yeah exactly
3: so I've never seen an Andy... That's not 100% true. I haven't seen Hard Ticket to Hawaii or Savage Beach. But I remember there was one time in college, it was wa- I was watching TV with a roommate, and he found his other movie, Day of the Warrior, was playing at like 2 o'clock in the morning on like either AMC or Bravo. So it was like all the nudity was cut out, but they were still showing like Day of the Warrior. So that so was, was my like introduction. Minute.
2: It was a 20-minute show or something?
3: It was like maybe an hour long, probably. (laughs) But yeah, that was my introduction to Andy Sedaris. And obviously, Hard Ticket to Hawaii has been covered by a lot of people. That's kind of like, I guess people consider Andy Sedaris' masterpiece. Everything, that all his aesthetic is kind of combined at that moment for Hard Ticket to Hawaii. But man, you know what? The guy liked what he liked (laughs) and seemed to make a a small little career out of it. Making movies in, in beautiful locations with beautiful women. Gotta like hand Adam to them. Sandler,
2: pretty much.
1: Yeah, yeah. and probably snorting a lot of cocaine. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he does, doesn't strike me as a uh,
2: a drug user for some reason. I don't know why. I could be way off base, but if, if I school, know anything, old
1: school
3: Chicago guy probably just drinking, right? Yeah, a lot of yeah. like just scotch. <laughs> right, and yeah, just stuff in his face, yeah.
1: drinking, smoking yeah.
3: cigars.
1: And and isn't two of the characters from real quick IMDb looks aren't two of the characters like recurring? probably the two blondes right yeah like a half a dozen movies they're the same two characters it's probably the same
3: girls from hard ticket to hawaii yeah donna and taryn Uh,
1: yeah
3: i
2: honestly didn't know they had names (laughs) (laughs) i think most of mine was the
1: blondes
2: (laughs) (laughs) blonde number one and blonde number two
1: yeah the only reason i knew outside of captions the only way i knew the one blonde's name was at the end of the movie they go oh taryn did you do that again Taron's walking off with six gold bars.
3: <laughs>
2: it's maritime law. <laughs> you know what I love about this movie? It has one of the best henchmen to ever grace the screen in it.
3: Al Young. This is like yes, our third sir. Al Young movie. I didn't realize how many movies he's been in. Yeah, he's a ton. So this is, we watched him in this. He was in Double Double Dragon. Yep. And there was an other, there was another one. I forgot what it was. It was like a weird one that he showed up in. Was he in Skyscraper? Maybe. Maybe it was Skyscraper, but I'm going to check in a second. But yeah, always love seeing Al Leong pop up.
2: He's still working, too. Yeah. He had a, a movie come out in 2020, Death by Midnight, and he's got something in post-production, The Gathering. Yeah. So he's still uh, hinching it up. Escape from L.A. What's even greater about Al Leong is he was born in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Who would have thought? <laughs> one, of the, one of the greatest henchmen, yeah. St. Louis.
3: Yeah, this is like one of the few movies you actually hear him speak too. Yeah.
2: Yes, he has a he has a few lines in it.
3: Yeah, yeah. This is this was <laughs> this was a wild movie. I learned so much about Marshall Islands too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this hearing what we're talking about in this movie, you the
2: listener are probably thinking, oh okay, this movie is basically like a shoot 'em up exploitation kind of film. And you're only half right, (laughs) because this movie takes a crazy turn. Like M. Night Shyamalan (laughs) dreams
3: he can make this kind of twist happen in his movies. (laughs) Yeah, this movie's wild. Savage Beach from 1989, as we mentioned, directed by Andy Sedaris. And he has an aesthetic, to say the least. He's directed Hard Ticket to Hawaii, Malibu Express, Lethal Return to Savage Beach, and Day of the Warrior. It stars basically all Playboy Playmates. And Al Young. Donna Spear, Hope Marie Carlton, John Aprea, Bruce Penhall, Rodrigo obrejon Dan Seki, Al Young, Eric Chen, Terry Weigel, and Lisa London it has an IMDB score of four point three and a Rotten Tomato score. There's no critic score but a thirty five percent audience score. And no box office numbers, obviously. Do you know who
2: should have been in this movie? Who? Malibu. I
3: was Malibu would have been great. Thing. Malibu would have been great in this movie. Right. He should have been the blonde guy, the CIA right. operative.
1: Oh man, could've that would have been great. He could have been Shane Aveline.
3: He could have been Shane Aveline. Talking about his big gun. <laughs> Evan, or, I just love how the end she just calls him by his. I love when people call people by their full name. Full name. It's it's just a little thing that I just get a kick out of. It's like when you when you <laughs> see like random people show up as, as like cameos and like tell in sitcoms from the nineties. It's like, oh, man, it's the Beach Boys, including, you know, I can't even think of a fucking Brian Beach Boys Adams? name. Not Brian Adams. <laughs> hey, look, it's it's John and Stamos. What are you doing John here, John Stamos? John Stamos?
2: <laughs> I agree. I always get a kick out of it. It makes no sense. <laughs> Why not just call him Shane? Or, yeah, Shane or, Abilene. Or just call him Abilene? No, don't call him that.
3: <laughs> yeah, this one's wild. It's such a refreshing movie.
2: Yeah, you, you know, you're right. We really needed this palate cleanser on They Called This a Movie.
3: Yeah.
2: I was thinking about it while I was kind of judging you for it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? He's off on this. But I kept thinking, like, you know, we've done RoboCop. Great movie. Yep. Wonder Woman, which is, you know, not a great movie, but it's way better than we usually do on this this podcast now we're kind of getting back to our roots when was the last time we've done something so schlocky yeah you know it's, it's good to kind of touch base with who we were yeah you gotta reset ever so often man i agree i agree and <laughs> it's what sets us apart from everyone else we yep. we watch these kind of weird
3: horny movies <laughs> it's kind of wild but i feel like we've watched hornier movies yeah cats no. was hornier <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. but for all the wrong reasons there yeah exactly <laughs> well yeah I also enjoy how this movie wanted to be three different movies.
2: Again, it takes that weird turn where, you know, you think it's OK. These girls are going around doing drug busts, helping out underprivileged children. And then all of a sudden it turns into this hunt in the jungle with a
1: Japanese dude. And you're like, where did this come from? Why is it <laughs> happening the way it's happening? It was essentially it was like a fun drug bust movie that mm-hmm. it was a uh, rescue the kids movie. And then it turned into a World War II gold treasure hunting adventure. Do, do these women have
2: it's an official title? They're DEA operatives. Okay, yeah. so they, they're not like Charlie's Angels, essentially. No.
1: Yeah. And I love that they never call themselves DEA. They always announce themselves as the Drug Enforcement Agency. <laughs> <laughs> they say the full name.
3: Yeah. They get all their jobs from Shane Abilene. <laughs> yeah, right. That giant saying. fax machine with no no wire connected to anything.
2: I didn't know what to think at first. I thought that they were the bad guys, the girls, because, you know, they, they show up to this dock and they start hitting on these two schmoes. And these guys like immediately fall for it. They're like, oh, yeah, these incredibly hot women are onto us and they love us and they want to bang us. Like, guys, come on.
1: You've been ugly your whole lives. You know this.
3: Yeah, he I, looks like Don Johnson with that, that was beard. My,
1: that was my favorite line of that part. We
2: ugly people know there's always something up. <laughs> yeah. if, if a 10 walks up to you and starts flirting with you, you're in trouble. Yep. Yeah. If high school's
3: yeah. taught any of us anything.
2: You're going to be in for a huge prank.
1: <laughs> and, and I love how the twist on who people are bookend this movie. Like their introduction at the beginning and then you find out who the other blonde guy was at the mm-hmm. very end. And it's the same thing where yeah. it just comes out of nowhere.
3: Sure.
2: The, the whole point of this movie is don't trust beautiful people yeah sure yeah you want to get into the plot dissect Shh. this movie <laughs> let's, do it. let's do it all right what do you got dan all right i forgot we we don't have tia here to plug her top 10 with tia i had a nice little break but every week tia and her friends they have a podcast where they discuss top 10 lists so you can follow her on twitter at tc underscore stark she's also on geek vibes nation she's also the head writer for Geek Vibes Nation. She writes a bunch of great articles, all nerdy stuff. She covers WandaVision. She covers a lot of breaking news that's coming out in the nerd world, be it DC, Marvel, anything else. Go check her out. Give her a follow and and tell her that they called
3: this a movie sent you. Okay, and we are going to take a quick break. Before we do, we're going to take a minute to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. We will be right back.
1: subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back
3: now it's time to get into the plot of savage beach we open on a guy practicing his samurai sword moves on a beach at sunset we're gonna call it and then a couple of blondes drive a jeep through the jungle which are completely unrelated meanwhile scantily clad brunette and redhead ride a couple of vespas show up to a dock and offer a couple of guys some refreshments as they like to call it a thermos full of Mai Tais. Okay. Blondes show up to the dock with some machine guns and start snooping around as the two guys go off with the other two girls. They find that they're smuggling drugs and pineapples. But they had a warrant the entire time, so they probably didn't really need to sneak up on them. Probably violating that warrant. One of the blondes, Donna, flashes her badge at the dock supervisor, tells him she's DEA, and so he tries to shoot her with a shotgun.
1: Yeah, You, you left out my favorite line. She goes, here's my badge, here's my warrant. He goes... Here's my
3: shotgun. And then he turns and shoots her. It's a bold move for a guy Yeah. (laughs) To shoot at a government agent when she told him that she has a warrant to be there. What are you going to do? A gunfight ensues. The brunette and the redhead try to subdue the other guys. And then they blow up the getaway van and arrest the guys. They almost kill them, but they don't yeah somehow they survive. <laughs> that was a, couple, a pretty big explosion a couple bruises. of cuts and bruises that's it
1: just enough
2: c4 right to just, they, to they just perfectly timed it, it was, yeah it was like a roadrunner cartoon
1: yeah
3: they just they leave with like black on their faces you know <laughs>
2: just their hair sweet. blown back
3: <laughs> and then the girls celebrate in the hot tub for reasons
1: <laughs> <laughs> well eight reasons but
3: <laughs> that's right <laughs> all totally
2: hot totally naked
3: yep He knows how to pick them, too.
2: The entire time I'm thinking of that Tom Green line from Road Trip, Mm -hmm. when he's telling the story about all the the chicks in the the locker room, Uh and they're all naked. And the kids like, they don't do that in there. Like, Are are you telling the story, or am I? (laughs) All right, so there they were, totally hot, totally naked. (laughs) That's just how these girls act in this movie.
3: Yeah. And then at a hospital, they're overrun with a bunch of kids that are suffering from some sort of illness that needs a serum. Doctor makes a call to Honolulu to get a serum flown out to them. Shane Abilene, the only pilot, I suppose, is quote-unquote deep into a new project, which means (laughs) he's banging some chick in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a euphemism. That's really (laughs) what's happening. Shane accepts the call and tells them that he'll get them the serum in 24 hours, and he's also some sort of DEA operative. So Shane calls the girls and tells them all about the job. He springs into action, flying his helicopter as the as-of-yet-unnamed brunette picks up the serum from the hospital, which is to be delivered to Knox Island.
1: I think this is the first point in the movie where I should have had some clue that this might have been an ongoing series with the Blondes, because Mm -hmm. I think one of them says, another Abilene. Right, yeah. (laughs) Question.
2: DEA agents usually don't hang out on tropical islands, right? That's that's fake.
3: I don't know, but maybe we should <laughs> I, it makes me feel like I should have been a DEA agent, right? <laughs> right, we picked the wrong jobs. I would never survive though. I'd fry. <laughs> that's oh. the only reason. <laughs> Gotta, gotta get that sunblock man although that that blonde dude at the end he's very sunburned <laughs> he's very red he is
2: very red at the end i didn't even think about it like i thought for some reason with this movie you kind of turn your brain off so i figured they were like a special covert op like super team i didn't know they were actual dea like i, I thought dea agents hang behind like desks and have
3: like shitty jobs <laughs> not yeah, just hanging I in know. tropical locations i've never met a dea agent so i'm not really sure
2: that's a good point
3: So Shane meets up with the girls and talks over some weapons he brought. Most of which is just an opportunity to have like a dozen euphemisms for his dick. And he (laughs) specifically highlights a crossbow that is single shot, which I'm sure won't come up again. And it's also important to note that this mission that they're going on is completely humanitarian and ordinarily would not need the use of weapons.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and I I believe the crossbow was... uh... Was a euphemism for premature ejaculation. Yes.
2: Oh yeah, anything that they could fit in there, sexual, it's there.
3: Oh yeah, that's that's like the the most overwritten scene in this movie. It's like man, just just probably put it on like a, a corkboard, man. How, what are your best euphemism jokes for guns? We got <laughs> there, there are no wrong answers here.
1: <laughs> Throw them at me. The arrow explodes three seconds after insertion. <laughs> After penetration was the exact penetration. Yeah.
3: yeah, we've all had those problems. <laughs> no, totally not. And the you blondes yourself? are off in a plane, <laughs> it's just you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> and we cut to a blonde dude on a motorcycle leaving somewhere and heading somewhere else. Then a captain in the navy is talking with a representative of the Philippine government. Tells the guy a bleeding heart liberal. <laughs> tells him that he's stolen a satellite for the Star Wars program for 40 hours. And this uh, captain is played by John Aprea, who played Jesse's dad in Full House. You play? Did he really? Yes, he did. Played oh, he did. dad. That's yeah. awesome.
2: <laughs> I didn't know that. Yep. Look at that.
3: Nick Katsopoulos was his name. This movie is full of surprises. <laughs> They're waiting for a Major Harrison who is delivering a computer disc for the satellite. At that moment, Major Harrison is getting abducted on the way to meeting, and the guy on the motorcycle replaces him. And then we cut to the girls on the way to the Marshall Islands hit a storm. Then the guy is posing as Major Harrison meets with the captain and the diplomat from the Philippines. The plan is to secure a supposed sunken treasure for the Philippine government that was lost when a Japanese boat was sunk during World War II. They're looking for an Admiral Arnada who was in the Japanese army and helped steal the treasure from the Philippines. Meanwhile, at that exact moment, Admiral Inada is dying in his bed, but he manages to give his advisors the information regarding the location of the gold before he dies. Then we get a flashback of Inada talking with the man in charge with transporting the gold. He thinks the commanding officer plans to steal it for himself, and then we find out the boat that was transporting was caught in a storm and they were never heard from again. Then through a storm, the blondes manage to land the plane at the hospital that needs the serum, they drop it off, and then they're off again in a storm. Not quite sure what their rush was at this point, but they decided not to, <laughs> not to wait the storm out.
1: Yeah. At first, I thought the whole treasure hunt thing was going to end up at that island, and they'd have to save the kids from the people looking for the gold.
2: Oh, those kids never make another you know, another yeah. scene in this movie.
3: Oh,
1: they're they're saved, man. Their story's yeah. over. <laughs> that whole scene is to just show them and the best fake toy plane animation I've seen in a long <laughs> time was- in a movie. It's it's straight Um, out of a
2: Godzilla movie.
1: Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Um, I think, I wonder if they had to rush back
2: to be back in the hot tub and be naked.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, the only point in this scene is to have that great toy plane. And then also just have them take their shirts off for no reason inside the Oh, island.
2: in the plane! <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: none, of them are, like, none of them are steering the plane. Yeah, let's put, put this on autopilot. autopilot. Specifically,
3: they say, I put on an autopilot so we can get out of these wet clothes. Is that how autopilot works, though? Yeah. For a uh, one-propeller plane? What'd she say? She says, planes are like birds. They're supposed to be in the air.
2: Oh, that's yeah. right another movie where they just completely understand flight <laughs> it, it's just
3: like the wind and the birds man flight yeah. is so easy in the desert somewhere the philippine diplomat meets with a guy that helped him crack satellite data they made a side deal and the diplomat gives him a ton of money for a duplicate of the original satellite data and then the diplomat blows him up with a bomb that was in the suitcase
1: i laughed out loud
2: at this.
3: <laughs> the guy asked him
2: if he's going to count it right the guy who gives him the bomb
1: like, yeah.
2: no I, I trust you what if he had just said like, yeah i'm going to count it the whole thing would have been foiled there's yeah. no money in here
1: well he would probably would have ran to his car as it blows up as he opens the suitcase that's true <laughs> so he was just counting on this guy thinking he was trustworthy
3: yep <laughs> a pretty just bold it. move <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> as we mentioned and then the bo- blondes put on a- autopilot so they can get out of their wet clothes at the Diamond Beach Hotel, the diplomat is whining and dining a sexy lady friend. And we plan on using the fortune to finance a revolution in the Philippines, and then they fuck. And we see Bush. We do. That was a, a welcome surprise. Yeah, we haven't seen Bush in a movie in a long time.
1: And it, it is a statement to say that this girl may be the worst actress in the movie. <laughs>
2: That's true. I, I, wasn't, I really wasn't ranking them, to be honest with you. They don't really give her much to work with, and I, I wonder if they knew that. Like, all right, you're not, you're you're kind
1: of just here now. I don't do it for me. I do it for the party. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and you know what kind of pissed me off about this movie? Those two get two sex scenes. That's, that's not true. fair.
1: Why do they get yeah, two? He's, he's also very much a gentleman in those sex scenes. He never takes a handful of boob. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, point.
2: And he looks like the worst of the worst, this guy. Yeah. Right? He looks like he would be someone who would definitely use this as an excuse to grab up on a woman.
1: <laughs> he gets he gets pretty close to hover hands at points.
2: He's a generous hand. lover though. He is. And he's very adventurous. They do you- it in the car.
3: Yeah. In a hotel room, which isn't very adventurous, but you get it. Well, but it's still fun. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to have a change of scenery. Sure. The blonde plane gets struck by lightning, knocking out their instruments, making them essentially flying blind. Back in Honolulu, Anna's advisors land as the lipple mat's sexy lady friend follows them in a car. She follows them to a hotel and leaves. Then Aliang and another guy pretend to be room service and attack the two advisors in their hotel room. They kill the guys and then steal their identities, swapping out their pictures and their IDs. Then the blondes manage to spot land as they begin to run out of fuel and they crash land the plane.
1: The identity theft? And the ideas may be the worst. Like, all right, how are they going to do this? Oh, they'll just put photos themselves and rub this card over it, and it'll be perfectly fine. It worked,
3: though, yeah. man. So,
1: but, but like, like, the some...
3: theory is flawed because it worked.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the most inattentive guard ever at a army base.
3: Their plan was foolproof, man. I don't know why I'm hating on Al Young. <laughs> We don't. Give me a we will not tolerate
2: any Al Leong bashing here on this podcast, Mister.
3: <laughs> Painted Saint. He's he's a three timer. Uh, yeah, that's Hall of Fame. Yeah. And him
1: I was, and, I was looking through his and IMDb, Stoops. and there were plenty of chances for him to be four for fifth time.
3: <laughs> yeah. Him and Tiny Lister.
1: Yeah, listen, those guys are legends.
3: Yep.
2: And they belong on this podcast. <laughs>
3: I'm,
2: I'm sure Tiny Lister would be happy to know that,
3: he, <laughs> that he's in our Hall of Fame. Yeah. Meanwhile, Al Leong and his buddies sneak into a secure location and meet with the diplomat and Captain Andreas. They do some computer things to cross-reference satellite info and the info from the Admiral Inada. They locate a small island that seems uninhabited that the treasure may be on. Except, of course, for the blondes who just crashed onto it. Girls go exploring the island thinking it's deserted, but there's someone watching them. Al Young and the other guy go back to I keep calling him Al Young throughout this whole thing. <laughs> Al Young and the other guy go back to the hotel and start cross referencing their data. And Dibblemat meets with the captain and sees they've secured a plane and then he meets up with his lady friend and they fuck in the car. I hate how they get two sex scenes. Who would you have swapped out for this?
2: You know what, I think it would have been nice to have something go on in the hot tub. Oh, okay. Little girl uh, girl or like Yeah, the girl Shane girl abilene and, and
3: someone or Maybe the the
2: blonde guy and and Taron. We don't need Shane Abilene in this movie. <laughs> so you were
1: you you were looking for some F F F F.
2: Yes, yeah. That, I mean, one would think that's the natural progression of this movie, right? They're in the hot tub. They just completed a successful mission. It's time to party down. All girl four way. Yeah, why not? That is that would be pretty progressive for 1989. Sure. No one says no to that. Nope. No viewers like, this is wrong. We have to turn
3: this (laughs) off right now. I am insulted. Then the girls start building a shelter on the beach, and then they decide to go swimming in the ocean naked for reasons. (laughs) That would have been fun instead of them doing it twice, right? Yeah. In the morning, Shane and the other two girls meet up. Not before the girls change out of their clothes for reasons. (laughs) There's a part coming up, and I'm hoping that you have an answer to it. You, you know, might know what I'm talking about. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Yeah. And they realize they have lost contact with the blondes in the storm. The blondes make most of the plight by harvesting some coconuts, and then they go spearfishing. When they come back, they notice other footprints on the beach. They do some calculations and realize that they're way off course, and basically they'll need a miracle to get found. Taryn goes walking through the jungle and gets attacked by a guy with a katana, but Donna shoots a flare at him and he runs off. They go back to the plane and get the weapon Shane gave to them, then they waste some ammo shooting at some rustling in the bushes, and they've massacred a rooster. So something tells me that was a real rooster. Can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> it, it looked very real. <laughs> I am not sure. And then they laugh at it. These yeah. heartless bitches. <laughs> they, they do cook up the rooster and they go, they eat it. So there,
2: there will be nothing for them to eat. They like the shit out of that thing. <laughs> they do. <laughs> right? They they blow that thing away they literally blow
3: it to pieces yeah what are you gonna eat one picks up a head one picks up a a foot
2: and then they just like "Ah, this is hilarious it's like a sitcom laugh
3: so i gotta find out if that was a real chicken or not or a real (laughs) rooster so they cook up the rooster and they go searching for the katana guy and then they put on face paint for this occasion which disappears as soon as they go hunting and then they go stomping around the woods eventually donna gets caught in a snare trap and the and the katana guy runs off
1: okay can i just say since This is one of our first close-ups of him. The old guy makeup in this movie is ridiculous. And I love it. It's like like he was in a tub
3: for 25 years. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's really bad. The best part is when he starts putting on war paint at the end, you can't even tell he's putting it on.
3: (laughs) (laughs) An unmarked plane lands on the island. The girls go to investigate. Meanwhile, the Katana guy gets ready. turns out it's the diplomat, the captain, and the blonde guy. They're searching for the treasure. They go looking with some metal detectors as the blondes sneakily watch them. The captain gets to drop on the blondes, and they take their guns and then tie up the girls. But not before Tarrant kicks the diplomat in the dick. And then the diplomat's sexy lady, Fran and Al Young, and his crew reach the shore on a raft. As the guys continue to search the island for the treasure, the new group hide and follow them. So then the diplomat gets a ping on his metal detector, and the guys start digging, and they pull the box. Then the katana guy comes up upon the girls and cuts the rope on Tarrant's hands and runs off. So then Taryn helps out Donna out of her restraints. They get their guns back and they go sneak up on the guys. The guys open the box and find the treasure. And then Al Leong's guys and Diplomat's girl show up. And the girl goes to kiss the Diplomat. And then he her own men shoot her several times. <laughs> he sits by and watches. Yeah. Not really any emotion at that point. Like, oh my god. Just like, oh <laughs> shit. Yeah, that, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> and al leong tells the americans that the diplomat was going to give the gold to communist insurgents and then yeah and then katana guy throws a machete into one of the mercenaries chests and the gunfight starts the americans run off and they trip on a tripwire the girls sit up and they take them hostage they decide to work together because they're all they've got they try to make their way back to the plane but al leong and his team beat up the captain and the blonde guy but donna shows up with her machine gun The guys advance on her, so she shoots one of the guys, and one of the other guys kicks the gun out of her hands and they run off. Diplomat goes back to pick up the gold and shoots one of their uh, other mercenaries, and Taryn and the blonde guy meet up in the jungle and give each other the eyes, and the katana guy shows up for no real reason and then runs off again. Taryn goes chasing after the diplomat and gets into a firefight with him. He tries to escape on the motorboat, but Taryn shoots the exploding crossbow and the boat blows up thanks to a gas can that was in there. And Al Leong manages to pull a gun on the Americans, but the, then the Katana guy shows up and Al Long just shoots his ass. <laughs> but the Katana guy still kills Al with his Katana. And then as he's dying, the Katana guy talks about how he once killed the group of Americans that washed on the shore on the beach. And then two of his buddies killed themselves afterwards. One of them committing Harry Carry, The other walked into the ocean and his they, they explain all of this because he wanted to talk about how the last time he killed Americans and which is kind of racist but he says I could never kill those eyes again. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thought that counts I guess. Yeah. And then he dies. The guys let the girls take the plane back to Malokai and call a Navy boat to pick them up. Then the Bond guy reveals to be a CIA agent. that He redirects yes. the gunship that was coming for him.
1: The entire time I'm watching this movie I'm like are they going to just not resolve who this blonde guy is? <laughs> like Everyone else's allegiances have been revealed, but this guy is still, they think he's a major. And then not out of nowhere, up, CIA. And I'm like, you well, that's not little, where I thought they was going.
3: You have little faith in Andy Sedaris' ability to tie up all a- loose ends. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he's a master auteur. Mm-hmm. The blonde guy tells them that CIA took over the whole operation. They decided to take the catamaran that Al Young's team left back to Molokai. And back in Malachi, it turns out that Terran walked off with six gold bars, but it's not a big deal because the CIA agent told them that, told the CIA that there were no gold bars missing. And then the girls pair up with guys for some fucking, even Shane Abilene. <laughs> <laughs> the cat really didn't they do they, anything.
1: I love <laughs> that they made a uh, joke um, about, which makes the time period. It was like, oh, did you paint the feet on the dance floor so that, you know, he would know how to dance? No, um, I, didn't
3: even, I didn't even catch that. that.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the captain has the line. He's like, "I'll do anything once." Oh, that's right. Once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the The, the captain's
3: gets. Yeah. That was it, but... <laughs> yeah. Right. If- like,
2: the, these women, man. Like, the, I don't know if it's the time period, but it's kind of unprofessional. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you're you're going, you're you're doing these missions, and really, you're just like, I just can't wait to get home and fuck someone. Yep.
1: I wonder if this was another moment with Donna and that Shane Abilene or the Abilenes had some connection to that character and that's why she ends up with him at the end. You think Donna's just got to fuck all the Abilenes? Yeah, (laughs) Uh, it's some some weird kink from (laughs) Andy Sedaris.
3: It's like, oh, you're a lot bigger than your brother. (laughs) (laughs) But not as good as your father. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Savage Beach. It's, (laughs) It's one of the silliest movies we have ever covered. It wears what it wants to do on its sleeve. It just wants to show you super hot, attractive women naked in gorgeous locations.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of, it felt like, again, it's just an excuse to really have beautiful naked women. So they Mm kind of built a movie around that premise. Yeah. And whatever they got out of it. Yeah. and Whatever (laughs) he got out of it was pure happenstance. Yeah. All right. Well, we
3: have something here, but as long as we focus on the women, that's all I care about. Yeah, it's like Andy Sedaris is like if Russ Meyer got reincarnated in, in, in a time when he could show tits. <laughs> right. <laughs> he would his mind
2: would have been blown. Yeah. we can do this. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess
3: there, there's plenty of nudity in Russ Meyer movies, but this was to okay. the max.
2: Yeah, this, this was like Mark was saying beyond gratuitous. <laughs> yeah, it was. movie could have functioned without a drop of nudity.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but what's the point? Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Then we're just depriving ourselves. But still, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. All, all the nudity was funny in this. It really was like he's going through things like, all right, it's been exactly seven minutes without boobs. Um, They're going to take their shirts off. Here. Yeah. <laughs> or or the girl getting out of the pool that Shane Abilene is having sex with is going to tie her towel unnaturally so <laughs> that her boobs are still exposed. That's a good point.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, no, no one does that. No
3: one ties the, the towel in that way. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he had like a formula for that. Like, gotta show tits here, 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 and here.
1: Studies show (laughs) that guys want tits every ten minutes in a movie. Right. No
2: more. No No less.
1: less. (laughs) Did you ever hear
2: that? In order, like, our attention spans are so short, there has to be a cut like every five seconds in a movie. Mm. That's kind of like what he was banking. If we don't get boobs in here every ten minutes,
3: we're we're gonna lose our audience. I'm assuming you guys don't have anything to make this better maybe, besides uh, a different sex scene.
2: Yeah, I would probably add a few more.
1: Uh, I'd probably <laughs>
2: give I'd give the Katana guy a sex scene in flashback in okay. flashback.
1: Oh, so we're like, going to be more progressive.
2: Yeah. Like he's getting ready to go to war. Oh, OK. He, you didn't mean you when know, he, the
1: three of them were on an island by themselves. <laughs> you can do that too.
2: <laughs> I don't care how you do it. That's fine. But I would have done more of just he's getting ready to go to war. So he's hanging out with his best lady and they do their thing and then he's on the island kills the, the white guys. you know what you probably could have seen and this is kind of creepy but <laughs> you could have had him spying on the two blondes you know yeah. just and you just kind of give a close-up of his eyes and there's shadow <laughs> everywhere else you know like he's watching he sees them because I mean they're taking their clothes off anyway so sure I mean yeah. why just not throw that in there? Get rid of the second sex scene between the bad guy and his awful acting girlfriend. (laughs) Let's see. What else could you do?
3: Probably get rid of Shane Abilene. You don't need him. Make (laughs) him a voice. Yeah. Right? I just want to point out something that you said that you were worried about me for being too horny for picking this movie. (laughs) And then how you would make this movie better is that you would add more sex. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm not. It's like, (laughs) once we're in there, you just got to get in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm never one to decrease the nudity
2: okay don't uh, don't get me wrong (laughs) if if you can do it we're going we're going full throttle there's no turning back we cannot go backwards
1: only forward (laughs) not back, not sideways yeah we got to go all the way so jumping off dan's point of giving the samurai guy um a sex scene before he leaves for war it it says at the perfect moment of when he's done he sits on the end of the bed and the girl he had sex with goes but do you have to go? Yeah. And he goes, it's the Bushido way.
2: Right. <laughs> he has to bring honor. Yeah. There,
1: yeah.
2: He, he has to bring honor to his ancestors or, you know, all that good stuff. And, yeah, it, it's almost like in 300 where he's standing in the doorway, just naked, and you just see him from the back and he's full of regret and he's, he's very troubled. And then <laughs> samurai guy is just like, you know, the, the in war, no one wins. And then, you cut to him killing the American soldiers, I guess. I don't know.
3: <laughs> it's weird. Why did his other two guys kill each other, but he didn't? <laughs> I I guess he, he looked down upon them, though. Kind of call that yeah. guy a coward. Yeah.
2: Well, I thought, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to understand the culture, but I thought if you bring great shame on yourself, you, you commit the Harikari, Harikiri, and that's like you're, you're, so you're bringing on her <laughs> back, right? And then drowning yourself, I don't understand that. That's yeah. way worse. I'd rather stab myself. I'd imagine, right? Right.
3: Yeah. Drowning I feel like, like I want, I want no part of being drowned. Like, I, I That's got to be such a difficult way to do it, right? Right. Because your whole, your body is literally fighting for you to breathe. Yeah.
2: Right. It. Your brain is just telling you, you need air. You and you need it now. Yeah. So I'd, yeah, I'd rather just stab myself, bleed out. Because you go numb after a while, from what I've been told. That's what all my victims tell me. <laughs> I was going to make the joke. Thanks, Dan, for going there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I'm just assuming it it hurts for a while, but it goes away and you're done. You get the whole honor being brought back on you. Drowning yourself, I don't think there's much honor in drowning yourself.
3: No, he kind of calls that guy a coward. Yeah,
2: I'd say that's more cowardly.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's
2: like, shit insane.
1: Yeah, yeah, Just let the ocean take me. <laughs>
2: Yeah, maybe he's, he's like, said. maybe he's from a fishing village. Who knows? And that's like their way. Like, you know, yeah. we come from the deep, and to the deep <laughs> we uh, commit ourselves. Yeah, so that's kind of deep, right? I mean, that's a that's yeah. a deeper meaning. So maybe he's wrong for calling him a coward. Maybe sure. we're all wrong for calling him a coward. We I don't know call that him a coward. Well, that's true. <laughs> but we thought of him as a coward because the other guy said he was.
3: Sure. We just took that that asshole's uh, word for it. Who right. wasn't even who wasn't even uh, even enough to kill himself.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, who's this guy to talk?
3: Yeah. He pretended.
2: He did that whole. All right. On three. One. Two. Oh, gotcha. You know, <laughs> he didn't even try and get off that island
3: for fifty years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he just just kind of hung out. He 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 did the whole Tom Cruise, uh Tom Hanks and Castaway.
3: There wasn't even there wasn't even evidence of shelter. He didn't even build himself a little. A little <laughs> right. is like. Which, weathering the elements for 50 years that's well, why his face looks terrible like <laughs>
2: right? yeah, just constantly you know, like getting soaked and then the
3: feet of the sun on him yeah, he he needed some moisturizer in the yeah. worst way <laughs> okay i think that's that's all we got for savage beach you guys want to plug your shit
2: uh yeah at the Aquino 122 that's my twitter and uh follow us on twitter and instagram at stranger Damies, our real play D. We're taking a little bit of a hiatus, but we're, we're inching in on that $1,500. we are at 1470 right now, so we're, we're closing the gap. So uh, we're, we're thinking about doing another giveaway. We'll see how that goes, but uh, yeah, that's about it for me.
1: Yeah, and we have our uh, D&D podcast, Stranger Damies, airs every Wednesday. Um, we should be beginning the second campaign stuff. We'll have the doing world introduction and character introductions and stuff before we get into our first session which should be coming up near the end of february and the first episode if you just do the podcast will be march 3rd so be on the lookout for that and you can find us on instagram and twitter at at stranger damies and then we have our gaming podcast every other monday that's the game vault podcast you can search for it on all socials at game vault pod and then we stream five nights a week on twitch.tv slash game vault pod that's monday wednesday thursday And then either Friday or Saturday and Sunday. So be on the lookout for that.
3: Okay. And this is They Called Us A Movie. You can find us on Spreaker just by searching They Called Us A Movie as well as any podcast streaming app. We're TheMainDaming.com. You can find us at TheMainDaming.com. And on all socials just by searching TheMainDaming. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So not every social. I don't know why I say that. But we're also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all socials and wherever you get your podcasts just by looking for Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows on there. If you're into geek stuff, there's probably a show there for you. We're there, Top Ten with Tia, as well as a whole bunch of other shows. So if you're interested in Marvel, DC, whatever, anything that's kind of geeky, there's probably a show there for you. This is going to wrap it up this week. Uh, The director of Savage Beach is Andy Sedaris. So, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony D'Avecchio telling Andy scenarios, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?